there's one thing that I forgot to mention that just popped up now that I really think I have to mention because this has been the most profound benefit for me is that my levels of anxiety have been totally oh, reduced. Yes. And, and I, have, I do have high levels of anxiety. Um, my job requires a lot. Makes me even more anxious when I feel I can't perform because I'm too tired. And my, I've been able to cope with making difficult decisions a lot easier because I'm, my anxiety is less and I'm just fresher. And yeah. that was a game changer for me, an absolute yeah. game changer. Welcome to the Tribe. This is your weekly podcast from Tribe Sober. Whether you're already sober, striving to be sober, or just plain sober curious, you need a tribe. You need a tribe because it's so hard to do this alone. You need a tribe because you need support. And that's where we come in. Here at Tribe Sober, we've got your back. Here at Tribe Sober, we have people at all stages of the journey, all helping each other to stay on track. On this podcast, we've got recovery stories to inspire you, experts to inform you, and plenty of advice on how to ditch the drink and change your life. So here's your host, tribe leader, Janet Gorond. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tribe Sober podcast, episode 80. My name is Janet Gorond. I'm the founder of Tribe Sober, and I'm your host for this podcast. Here at Tribe Sober, we help people to change their relationship with alcohol and then to go on and actually thrive in their alcohol-free lives. And over the last six years, we've helped hundreds of people to do just that. We created Tribe Sober because we believe it's really hard to change your drinking habits alone. So at Tribe Sober, we're all about community. So on this week's podcast episode, we are featuring two more ladies who signed up for our Sober Spring Challenge. At the time of recording, there are just a couple of days left to sign up for our January Challenge, which is open until the 31st of January. For a small donation to a good cause, we offer community and online support for an alcohol-free month. So if you messed up your dry January, then don't despair. It's a perfect opportunity to try a dry February. We've currently got 120 people going through the challenge. So sign up today and join the fun. They're chatting away all day long on their WhatsApp group, sharing their journey and passing on tips to each other. Just go to tribesober.com and hit January Challenge. And if you're listening to this way after January, then just go to tribesober.com and hit join our tribe and we'll put you on our 30-day starter challenge. So let's have a listen to those sober springers reporting back on how it felt to take a break from the booze. First up, we have Lindy, who managed an awesome 66 out of 66 days for her sober spring challenge. Let's hear how she managed it. It is my first sober spring and I'm I'm very proud of myself and I'm very happy to say that I actually lasted the entire 66 days. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes, yeah. So, Lindy, why did you actually sign up for the Sober Spring Challenge in the first place? It got to a point where I was, I needed a drink to relax in the evenings. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's that's a bit of a giveaway, isn't it, Lindy? Because yeah. maybe like me, you started off uh, 
drinking socially and then yep. gradually it turns into something that you need doesn't it for yes. to relax to get rid of your stress so that's always a bit of a red flag I think yes absolutely and I think at one point you know even if you if you felt like you didn't really okay it's, I just don't feel like a drink tonight it's almost like you needed it yeah um it got to that point where I was like okay this isn't great and I mean <laughs> It's going to sound awful, but I don't actually get hangovers. I you don't, yeah. I don't get yeah. the I don't get the headaches. I drink a lot of water. I must say, I've always drank a lot of water, so I don't get headaches or stuff. But I'm tired. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sharp. And I I need to be I need to be alert and engaged and sharp with my type of work. And. You know, it got to this point where it would take you a day or two to like properly recover to being sharp again. And then you're like, I'm so proud of myself. I'm going to have another drink. <laughs> so <laughs> tell me how long you were worried about it. Look, I guess I've, over, over many years, I've often found yeah. myself going through a stage where I'm like, oh, I need to cut back. Um, and then and then things are fine again. Um, there was a stage much younger when I was binge drinking way too much. I don't know. It's it's to me it's kind of like it's all or nothing, you know. You can't it's very difficult yeah. to go in between. Especially if you are at a binge drinking situation. You can't just cut back. You need to stop. Yeah. Um how do you ever I mean I absolutely agree with you that most of us have to stop completely, yeah. but did you ever try to cut back? Oh yeah, many times. Um, <laughs> many times. Sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. Um, yeah. I mean, this and if it works, uh, it only works for a while, doesn't yeah. it? Gradually it creeps up again. Yeah. I think, look, I have had a drink again after Tribe Sober, but I don't know, it's, it's different. For, the thing is, I think for the first time there's a relationship change for me. I, I used to smoke for many years and I'm, I, don't, I don't mean to minimize alcoholism or dependency or addiction, but I used to smoke, and for me, smoking was, it was the profound grief I had withdrawal from quitting smoking. It was, to me, it was unfathomable to the point that I actually went to someone to hypnotize me to help me stop smoking because I wanted to smoke. I just physically could not. That really helped. I ended up, um, sm I ended up smoking again, but it was a little bit less. And then when I felt pregnant, I quit smoking entirely. But the the biggest learning I had there was that grief that I needed to go through, and the fact that I needed to get used to that life is different now. It's the same as when you have children; life is never going to be the same again, and you need to be no. okay with that. And this was the first time with this with this spring challenge that I felt the same. I went through a stage of grief because my life was different. My relationship and my weekends yeah. with my husband and how am I ever going to have fun again? For the first while of Spring Challenge, I went through grief. I went through withdrawal in terms of sugar cravings. I'm not a sugar person at all. And I'll tell you, I had chocolate stashed in my drawers. It was insane. I'm over it now, though. Though, but Good. It, it passed after a certain amount of time in Spring Challenge. It passed, but yeah. um, I needed to get to that point where I felt like my own company 
my sober company and my sober identity is good enough. Did you get to that stage? Yes. Towards the end? You did. Well, that's yes. amazing. Which is why I, I was so, I was just, I'm still kind of a little bit shocked at, at reaching that point. Um, yeah. So as an example, we, my husband had a um, squash club championship last night and we went to supporting myself and the kids and asked me if I wanted a drink and didn't actually want one. So he bought me like this little apple cider thingy and it probably took me about four hours to finish the thing. But <laughs> I, I realized that whereas before Spring Challenge, I would have needed something to help me cope socially. Whereas I, I didn't miss anything. I don't know how to explain it, but I'm, no, I'm, I think it's it's great. And you know, you you talk about a grieving process, and I don't know if you've ever seen that that kind of curve that is called the change curve. But we go through all different kind of yeah. feelings. And, you know, with alcohol, we're in denial. Oh, no, we don't have a problem. And then finally, you know, we accept that we've got to make a change. And then we grieve it. You know, we, yes. we have a thing in our tribe. I don't know if you ever saw it. Goodbye to alcohol letters. Yes. You know, yes. it's like writing a love letter because yes. we do miss it. You know, al alcohol and drinking is fantastic and it's great fun until it's not. And then yeah. it just turns into a nightmare for some of us. Absolutely. Because we're all or nothing kind of people. Yeah. And, you know, I think having quit smoking many years ago and recognizing those signs of the grieving and the yeah. thinking, am I ever going to have fun again? Fortunately, I, I remembered those steps yeah. and I kind of used it to help me through it. That, and of course, the WhatsApp group for me was, I didn't engage, like, send messages every day, but it helped me to understand that I wasn't alone. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's really important that I think because we we do begin to suspect that there's something wrong with us if we can't cut down or yes. you know stop if we want to and and just to meet other people that that have the same issue because you know let's face it there's millions of us because alcohol is an addictive substance. Yes. Absolutely. So so were you on the first bus as we called it? Um, yes. The one that left on the 1st of September. So it's yes. been, what, a couple of weeks now, hasn't it, yes. since we arrived? And tell me what's been happening since then. I mean, where was where was your mindset? Were you thinking, um, now I'm going to try and moderate or that's it, I'm going to go alcohol-free? Where are you now? I actually want to go alcohol-free. My first goal is to see, like, make it until 15 December, which is when I'm going to like start my December holiday for the year. I think it's been a long year for everyone. Obviously, we're at burnout point at this stage, you know. I, I want to I do that and get to make that a goal. I think the mini goals for me really work because, yes. I, end, because I end up, I work toward a mini goal and then once I've reached that goal, I'm like, hey, okay, this wasn't too bad. Let me set another mini goal. At this point, I just want to go until December. And then see where okay. that leads me. Did you say you have, you've had a couple of drinks? I've, I've, so I've had four. I've had four drinks. Okay. All in just, one go or? No. Different. No. no it was one on at a time, on yeah. three, three occasions. And it, yeah. just, it wasn't what I remembered it to be. 
Um, well, the thing is, you know, with with moderation and cutting down, I always think if you can only have one drink, then, you know, well, me anyway, it never did anything to me. You know, yeah. I needed six drinks to get my buzz. Exactly. So in the end, I thought, well, it's pointless. I might as well not bother. Exactly. So maybe, you, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And that's the problem, you know, the, the more you need, the more you need to drink, and then in the end, you end up having blackouts. And I mean, what's what's worse than that? Not remembering what Ugh. happened. Why is your leg cut up? Or like, Ugh, why do yeah. I have these bruises? And yeah. I mean, that's that's not cool at all. No. You try and keep going until the fifteenth, but some. Yeah. Um, you mentioned hypnotherapy for smoking. You know that we've got a hypnotherapist, don't you, in Tribe Sober? No, I, I didn't can... actually know that. Yeah, well, I didn't I'll, I'll send you her details. You can uh, book a session with her. You know, yeah. for, for members, she'll do one free session, just so you see if you like her. But she does it on Zoom, you know, which sounds weird, but yes. she, she says it really works because people feel more comfortable in their own home than yes. in her home. So yes. they, they relax that much quicker. Yes. And she's really yes. good. You know, she's got rave reviews. So I think if you're someone that has uh, used that successfully for smoking, yes. it, it could could well take you, you know, where you need to go. Yes, yes. So just talk to me a little bit about benefits. Um, how did you feel physically and mentally towards the end of those 66 days? You know what? I, I started, the, the benefits obviously started earlier for me. It wasn't just after 66 days. I was, I was just so relieved to just be alert, properly alert and energized again for, for not just for one or two days, but for many days, like every day. And because, I mean, like weekends, the thing is, like I've said before, I don't I didn't get headaches or, in fact, I never get headaches. If I do get a headache, then I'm seriously ill. Um, so I was just always tired. I didn't want to do anything. I don't want to go outside. Like kids are going to tie me out. But for the first time in a while, I actually had energy to do stuff and to, to be excited about doing stuff yeah I don't Uh, think we realize Lindy how much it kind of takes away our our energy and our motivation and you know once you at the beginning of the evening if you sit down you have a couple of glasses of wine that's it you know you don't feel like moving again exactly (laughs) so Um, yeah I just I don't know I just it was for me it was it was such a relief to to almost know what the what the schedule and the plan of my day and my evening is, is I, we chat, we talk, we have a good dinner, we, I, I've got my sodas that I drink and like go to bed, I get up and I'm fresh and I can read a book um, without like falling asleep on the first page and not remembering that I read the page, you know. But it was very much about, um, first of all, being alert with work, um, needing to lead a team. But having the energy and the and the, the not the need, but having the energy and the excitement to just try and spend time with my small children over the weekend, like going to the park or like I don't know, playing in the backyard or doing yeah, things yeah. which yeah. before was a bit of a loss because you're like, oh, I'm so tired. Do I really have to like yeah. stand outside while you try and? practice riding your bicycle 
it's it's amazing what a difference it makes, and it kind of made me feel guilty because I'm like, oh man, I'm such a bad mother that I didn't no, want to do this. I'm before. Sure you're not. And yeah, I felt I felt good about wanting to do that, not just being able to do it, but wanting to do it. I've obviously I, I feel there's a level of bloatedness that I didn't have anymore. Um, constant bloatedness. Um, look, I'm I'm one of those people that you know when you've had a few drinks in, then you just want to eat anything that's in front of you. Yeah. And like it's usually cheese and pizza and anything savory. Cheese, cheese, my kryptonite. But um, that obviously I've been able to moderate that as well. So it wasn't just binge drinking; it might have been binge eating at yeah, two yeah. in the morning, which is not there anymore. Which you just already feel a lot more healthy. Um, and what about your sleep? Did you notice any difference in your sleep? Um, I definitely, definitely. Look, my, my sleep, fortunately, it wasn't as I, I know there were others that were much more impacted with bad sleeping patterns than what I was. Um, but I, it was almost like in the beginning of Spring Challenge, um, there was this disruption in um, my, what do you call it, circadian cycle or something. Yeah, yeah. It, it meant that it's almost like my body needed to get used to a lot of different things and it was slightly disrupted at first and then it just kind of went so easy that I yeah. had this natural, um, natural need to sleep and tiredness without it being from alcohol. Yeah, because we if we drink every evening, we're sedating ourselves, aren't we? And and then we fall asleep quite easy. But um, you know, it's not natural yes. sleep, and we miss out on the REM sleep, and that's yes. the kind of restful, restorative sleep. Yes, awesome. I've, well, it I've, sounds to me like you had plenty of benefits. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Look, I think the first, the the biggest thing for me was waking up energized. Yeah. Um. That. That was if it not waking up feeling like I need to sleep another four hours. Yeah, um, yeah. That meant quite a lot to not just to my body, but for my confidence to get through that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's huge because I know you said you didn't get hangovers, but in a way, you 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 do because you were getting tiredness it's hangovers. Absolutely. It builds up because you're, you're not getting good quality sleep night after night after night. So that's why you end up with this buildup of fatigue. So when you can, you know, ditch it for a significant part of time, you just get your energy back and your creativity and you start to feel amazing again. Absolutely. So I would say to you, well done, Lindy. I mean, Thank that's you. fantastic that you Thank managed you. those 66 days because, to be honest, not many people did. <laughs> yeah, so not for their first sober spring. Yeah. It wasn't, look, it, I mean, it wasn't easy. I mean, there were days that no, were no. really tough, but I just knew that if I was going to crack, it would I would go all out. And I would just, I was just like, I can't start over again. I just cannot start up because I won't. And I'm really glad that I stuck it through because I feel like, hey, you know what? I think maybe there is life, life after yep. alcohol. There's life apart from alcohol um, that can also be fun. You're listening to a podcast from Tribe Sober. 
If you'd like to join our warm and welcoming community, just head on over to tribesober.com and hit the membership tab. That's www.tribesober.com. Yeah, yeah, well, it, it's wonderful that you've had a glimpse, you know, of how how awesome alcohol-free life can be, you know, and you're you're still pretty young. So if, if you manage to get that out of your life now, you know, your yes. future, your kids' future will be will be different. You'll be a, a different kind of parent and Absolutely. there's so many reasons. And yes. uh, someone said to me the other day that uh, if alcohol doesn't destroy you, you know, and it, it doesn't destroy all of us by any means, but it will always prevent you from uh, reaching your potential, you know, and I would yes. say someone like you that's obviously a career lady, you know, you, yes. uh, you'll go further without yes. it because you'll want to. You'll have more energy, more ambition, Absolutely. more motivation. There's one thing that I forgot to mention that just popped up now that I really think I have to mention because this has been the most profound benefit for me is that my levels of anxiety have been totally oh, reduced. Yes. And, and I have, I do have high levels of anxiety. Um, my job requires a lot. Makes me even more anxious when I feel I can't perform because I'm too tired. And my, I've been able to cope with making difficult decisions a lot easier because I'm, my anxiety is less and I'm just fresher. And yeah. that was a game changer for me, an absolute yeah. game changer. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, anxiety. That what do they say? Uh, drinking alcohol is like pouring gasoline on your anxiety. Yes, and it's it's yes. so ironic for those of us that start drinking because we've got social anxiety or something like that. You know, Absolutely. It just completely backfires in the end. Yes, yes. Thank you so much, Lindy, and well done. You heard Lindy say that she found herself needing to have a drink in the evening to relax, which is definitely a red flag. Normal drinkers don't drink every day and they rarely find themselves needing a drink. It's more of a social thing for them. Although Lindy didn't get hangovers, she always felt tired and below par. When we drink, we get about two cycles of REM sleep. When we don't drink, we get about eight. REM sleep is, of course, the deep restorative sleep we all need so if you are REM deprived night after night, then you will build up a permanent level of fatigue. And that's why it's such a joy to discover your energy and enthusiasm for life once you get sober. I love what Lindy said about getting to a point where she enjoyed her own sober company and that her sober identity was enough. And she'd got to that stage by the end of a 66-day challenge. So well done, Lindy. And that would fit with the fact that 66 days is long enough to build a new neural pathway and to begin to feel at ease with your new behavior. Last but not least, I spoke to Jo, who just completed her third Sober Spring Challenge. This is my third year being a member of Tribe Sober. This is actually the so I'm very pleased. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it takes time, you know, for, to start with. It's about raising your awareness. And I always say to people, yeah. you know, even if you only manage a few days of Sober Spring, you're raising your awareness. You're beginning to realize that actually there is an issue here and you need to, to address yeah, it. Yes, so I think that's, and that's what's so great about being part of the tribe because all that information is shared. And you see, yeah. I haven't read any of the, the Annie Grace books or anything like that. But just 
you realize the science behind what alcohol does to your body. And there is so much quicklet, but other information is shared. So you get the information, which is correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you read on, on the tribe, when you read that people have tried to moderate for a little bit and it, it almost always goes wrong. You know, I've, I've yet to meet, I mean, obviously I've been doing this six years now, so hundreds of people and I've, I've heard many people say, okay, I'm going to moderate now. And I say, oh, well, good luck. <laughs> it's tough. And, you know, there's I've never no had point. anyone come back and say I am moderating successfully. No. Because no. once if... we've crossed a line, that's it. You know, we're, yes, we're dependent. Exactly You're dependent. Yeah. And even if, you know, I didn't drink half as much as I was, but I would still have a sip of beer. And even if it was a sip of beer or a mug of beer, it still had to be at the end of every day. And so you still needed that vice. You still had to come home and have alcohol. You couldn't just come yeah. home. And I could never understand my neighbor who would just come home and you know, not have anything. <laughs> it was completely foreign to him. And so I'm really chuffed. I'm at the stage. I come home from work and I don't need anything. Yeah. Excellent. So yeah. tell me about Sober Spring 2. Was that different? Do you remember? Uh, Sober Spring 2 was during the pandemic. So <laughs> it was uh, quite a lot easier because we had had all those news bands before being a South African. So there had been no alcohol, but I didn't stock up. So I had had dry months before. So when Sober Spring 2 came along, it was a breeze. I didn't. Fantastic. You know, I didn't think that I was, I didn't crave alcohol as much as I had in the first Sober Spring. And yeah, so Service Spring 2 was great, but I still wasn't ready to give up after Service Spring 2. And it's always Service Spring, then it's Christmas. And I find the festive season is always a difficult one. So my problem is socializing. I think, oh, well, I'll just need a glass of champagne. And then I'm thinking about champagne. Oh, well, I have one glass, and so maybe we can have another. Maybe I can have a whole bottle at the end of the month, so you never get away from Have you tried socialising sober? I have a bit. I have been a bit cautious because all my friends are quite big drinkers, so I have, I've been a bit of a hermit, I have to say. <laughs> so, but I have been quite secretive about my addiction because it was quite, I mean, you know, I've been home most of the time drinking. So people don't really know how much I was consuming. So I have told people for health reasons I'm giving up. Yeah. So that's, you know, and some people just can't understand it. Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you have be a teetotal. It's the only vegan. drug you have to justify not taking. Yes, I know. It's, yeah, it's madness. crazy. But I, th I think, you know, that another thing the Sober Spring does for us is it gives us um, something to say, doesn't it? You know, if you're under pressure to have a drink, you say, oh, I'm just doing this challenge. Yes. You know, 66 days, you can say 66 days without sugar, yes. without booze, just to see how it goes, you know, whether Ooh. I feel better. And then yeah. when you see them at the end of the challenge, you can say, you know, I did that challenge and I feel amazing, so I'm going to carry on. Carry on, and it yes. just gets 
gets people off your case a bit. Mm. So I, I think it's nice that for you, these Sober Springs have been a kind of marker, you know, the fact that the second one was easier than the first one is a very positive Absolutely, sign. Yes. And Sober Spring 3, this one? And just... Sober Spring 3, I was fortunately sponsored by the lovely Margaret. And that was a breeze because I had really decided on the 21st of June I was needed to stop drinking completely. So I had Good. a few months before Sober Spring started and I just wanted to have the extra chicken, you know, the WhatsApp group in your yep. pocket kind of thing. And so that was a breeze. And I'm hoping that next year, Sober Spring, I'll be one of those people that come back and say, well, I know I haven't done for the whole year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you always get those people that just breeze through and Hopefully next year I can be one. It's taken a few tries, but you're getting there. You're getting there. Yeah. Yeah. And what made it sounds like a few months ago you you made up your mind finally that you were going to ditch it for good. What brought about that decision? I just, you know, when you're drinking, you continuously the dilemma in your head, the little voice in your head is continuously. Shall I? Am I allowed to have one? Am I not? Should I do this? Should I do that? And I was just tired of the whole yeah the jibber in in the head and also for health reasons i think why wait until you have breast cancer or yeah Yeah. or heart disease or something exactly get help before you know so yeah so that was that and then my husband's been away so it's been a lot easier Uh, there's no influences around the house so that does help yeah Yeah. And uh, does he understand that? Uh, oh, yes, he does. But he's a beer drinker. You want to? So he yeah. will, there will always be beer in the house, but I don't think I want to yeah. be a beer drinker. So I'm ready yeah. to. And the alcohol-free beers are quite nice. So, yes, you know, I drink you those. Need. I think, yeah, that's a good idea. So when he picks up his beer, you can go and get yeah. a bottle of alcohol-free beer yeah. from the fridge and it's it's all cool. Well, that's that's wonderful. I'm, I'm really pleased to hear that, Joe, because I think when we dump those voices, we, we just feel free, you know, and, and we yes. can think about other more interesting things than how Absolutely. many units I've drunk this week. Yes. But, I mean, you do need your, your – the first service thing, I remember you always said, get your headphones on and get exercising. Yeah. And uh, I always did the exercise, but I never got the headphones on and – so that's, in a way, you're replacing one dopamine hit with another dopamine hit, but it's a much healthier alternative. Yeah. And so yeah. I found other things and remembered things I used to do before yeah. I stayed yes. at home, yeah, and wasted my yeah, day. I mean, sometimes it sometimes it helps to think back, what did we used to enjoy as children? You know? Yes, yes, absolutely. And the, the funny thing is... Uh, only really started drinking in my late thirties. You know, before that. Did you? Ah. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, that's unusual. It's very unusual. I mean, in my early, in my twenties, we kind of did recreational drug MDMA and stuff like that. So drinking was not cool at all. We just didn't go anywhere near alcohol. And then I forgot about booze for the next ten years. I didn't even think to pick up a drink, and I wasn't doing anything else. And then only when my job got kind of stressful and 
I had sufficient money, then I started really launching myself into my drinking career. So it's quite interesting how for those 10 years or 20 years I've spoken about it. So your your drinking career, as you call it, it's been quite a short one. It's been quite a short one, so it's a good thing I isn't it. Quite scary how insidious alcohol is, how you think I can oh. get, get out of this problem if because I started daytime drinking. And I thought, well, I can stop when I have to. And I couldn't. Yeah, yeah, that's when uh, we realise that we're hooked. The line, when yeah. Most people they they think, oh well, maybe I'll cut down on my drinking a bit. Yeah. When they try, it's so difficult. I mean, that's and that's what happened to me. Yet, yet then you think, oh, I can't imagine life without alcohol. So I'll carry on trying to cut down, and that's when we just yeah, you can't. And the minute you cross that line, you can't go through the week and only drink on the weekend. Then it's got to be every single no, day. No. And that's the rules. Part. rules. Yeah, the rules. Yeah. Yeah. I was so, just interviewing someone for Saturday's podcast. You'll hear it if you listen. It's very funny because we've heard all the rules, you know. Well, I thought I'd heard them all. But she told me that one of her rules was she set herself curfews. So she'd go out in the evening, but she'd say at 10 o'clock sharp, she would leave and go home. So she did that. She managed to leave. But when she got home, she just carried on drinking. <laughs> Well, that was the thing with me with the daytime drinking. I kind of thought, well, why wait till 5 o'clock? Why not start like at 11 o'clock in the morning and be on a bus for the whole day? What a fantastic idea. Thank you, Joe, and well done. It struck me the other day that just as alcohol dependence is progressive, so is sobriety if you just give it a chance. And Joe is a pretty good example When she signed up for her first sober spring three years ago, she was merely sober curious. She wasn't even considering giving up drinking for good. But by her third sober spring, she decided that sobriety was for her. The annual sober spring challenges have been getting easier and easier for Jo. So she came to the conclusion that alcohol-free living has a lot to offer. So let's pull together a few tips from our two ladies. And Lindy had a fabulous tip, which was to set mini goals. The F word, the forever word, is just too scary in the early days. So you need to take it in small steps. 30 days, 66 days, 100 days, 6 months, and then a year. And once you've hit that one-year milestone, it's very unlikely you'll want to go back. Just have a listen to episode 15 of the Tribe Sober podcast, And you can listen to Kai, who did our very first Sober Spring Challenge, implemented the mini-goal approach, and is still sober to this day, years later. Another great tip we got from Lindy was to be aware of the warning signs, or the red flags as we sometimes call them. And when Lindy found herself needing a drink every night, she was aware that it was a red flag. It's an important tip to be aware of the signs that you may be becoming dependent. So talking of red flags, why not get a copy of our PDF, which is called 30 Signs You May Have a Problem with Alcohol. Just email me at janet at tribesober.com and I'll send you one. And apart from keeping an eye open for red flags, we need to take regular breaks from alcohol. Just as we have an annual medical checkup, we should check our annual dependence regularly by taking a break. 
If you can take a month or two off alcohol and not even miss it, then you're fine. It means you've got an excellent relationship with alcohol. But if you can't do that, if you find it really difficult or if you can't even contemplate the thought, then you do need to make some changes. So I'm always encouraging people to sign up for our challenges to test their dependency. 20% of social drinkers will become dependent over the years. Jo has been very cleverly monitoring her relationship with alcohol by signing up for our Sober Spring Challenge every year and very happily noticing that it was becoming easier and easier until she finally decided to go alcohol-free permanently. Well done, Jo. Great decision. So let's end on a high with a couple of benefits from Lindy and Jo. So benefits. Well, Lindy no longer feels bloated and those late night cheese binges after a few glasses of wine are no more. Lindy just loves feeling alert and energized every single day. But the real game changer for her was that her level of anxiety has plummeted. And Joe has progressed from someone who didn't even consider giving up drinking to someone who is embracing her alcohol-free lifestyle with great enthusiasm. This was a three-year journey for her, which proves that the trick is to keep at it. So well done, ladies, and thank you so much for your shares. We appreciate you. If you enjoyed this episode, then you can hear another eight conversations about the power of taking a break from the booze by listening to episodes 75, 76, and 79. If we've inspired you to take a break from the booze, then go to tribesober.com, hit January Challenge, or if that's over, then just hit Join Our Tribe and we'll put you on our Starter Challenge. So that's it from me. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us and share the podcast, and we'd be so grateful if you'll leave us a review. I'll be back next week. Ditching the drink is like climbing a mountain. It's hard, it takes courage and grit, and an experienced guide. And that's where we come in. Here at Tribe Sober, we've climbed that mountain, and we know the view from the top is amazing. We've used our experience to put together a unique membership program that will support you all the way. We've got challenges, chat rooms, sober buddies, trackers, and milestone awards, and that's just for starters. So head on over to tribesober.com and check out our membership program. It's the essential resource for anyone looking to ditch the drink and change their life.